Because I, like, I've been away for the for the weekend for work, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm sort of the next. Gosh, it really feels like the next three or four weeks lay out ahead of me as as you know there everything's planned. Um, like I don't think there's a day where I'm not doing anything. Do Do you love or hate that sort of thing? Oh, look, some of it. Being being a good extrovert, some of it really pushes all the right buttons for me. Like mm. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm doing stuff. This is good. I'm talking to people. Those sorts of things. Um, some of the things that I have to do, and this is where it gets murky. Some of the things I have to do for some of those things, I haven't done yet, and that's where a little bit of anxiety kicks in. Right. Um, yes. And some of those things I have to do, I don't have the gear to be able to do them yet. Uh, and my time is now so controlled for at least the next week that even if the gear arrived tomorrow morning, I'm not going to be able to really touch it for a week and a bit. And I just feel like I'm now under the pump more than I should be, even though the thing that I need to have that stuff done for is three or four weeks away. No, I hate that. I hate <sighs> that feeling Com- entirely. Yes. <sighs> it's a first world problem, I know, but it- it's it's just that, the, the anxiety in me, the anxiousness, not anxiety because I don't want that to sound like it, it's more than it is. It's the anxiousness of me wanting to have stuff done so that I can get to the thing and go, oh, here's the thing you wanted. Excellent. Yeah. And not, um, oh, hang on, hang on, I've just got to finish. It's nearly done, it's nearly done, or I'm just, uh, when I get there, I'll render it or have it done. No, no, I'm not that guy. I know that feeling. I, 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 absolutely hate being the person who shows up unprepared yeah. and, and unfortunately I, I think I probably do it way too often be, and rely on my uh, own skills to try to you know um, make it go all right on the night but yeah, yeah it's not great <laughs> oh, and it's because it's like it's for a youth camp that I'm involved with where they because I've said oh no I want to do these things they've also thrown me a few other things that magically I now have to come up with time to do and I'm just not seeing how I'm going to get it done beforehand. So I'm on myself because, you know, I want to try and get that stuff done. But it's, uh, it's, it's just, it's my own brain. And it's also layered in, Dave, with the fact that um, I have to present uh, three different things this weekend in three different time slots to three different audiences. And in each of the three things, they're all first runs. Oh, so good. I'm not Excellent. Even, yeah, I'm not even landing in a, well, I've done this one before, I know how it's going to go. I'm going to be really, really overly analytical about each of them um, after the fact, uh, and probably during, so I'll be a little bit, you know, cautious to anxious, you know, have some anxiety about that as well, so it's like, oh, I just need to... Oh. And, and, and of course, in the back of your head, you're with that sort of stuff, you're always just petrified that you're going to get up there and it's going to like turn into an episode of Piss Week World. Oh yeah, where everything does it. Like, and I've I've kept it pretty low. Like, I've I don't have super embedded things. It's not like a million transitions. It's not a TEDx talk. Um, you know, like if my pants fell down, that probably wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, but it, it, you know, <laughs> my, I, I, 
my, my pants are falling down a lot at the moment because, I, like, yeah, I've told you, I've, I've been running and I've been mm. losing a bit of weight. And I went and bought, like, a smaller pair of shorts and now they're too big for me as well. Oh, Dave. See, that, that, that in itself is inspiring for me and I See, need to be it's doing good. something about that. But I, I feel that it, pain, man. It's good, but it's like, oh, really? Yeah, yeah it's like I should have bought them two sizes too small, I need in a, which case they would have been would tight. Have been... Yeah. yeah, I just need to buy a belt. <laughs> Gosh, oh, sorry, you were saying. No, no, no. I I feel what all of that's about. So it's just it's just that ignored because I'm a confident public speaker and I'm happy, particularly when I'm across the subject matter or, or I've got I've done the presentation before. I know what I'm doing, but it just feels a little bit too loose for me at the moment. And I'm sure I'll probably settle into it and I'll be fine. I've prepared it. I know what it's about. I guess in part because I'm doing them and I go, I want the outcome of these to be, everyone goes, hey, that was really helpful or that was a really good thing that you did. Um, we think you should do more of this or, hey, we want to encourage, invite you to come and do this thing for us somewhere else or, or that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because um, that's really beneficial then to what I'm doing for work. Um, and yeah, because it's all early reputation building stuff in this new space, in this new job context. So, oh, I could have done with at least two or three days off in the middle of this, and I'm now not getting them until after Easter. See, uh, the, the thing I find that really hard with that sort of stuff is I'm, I'm really, really bad at scheduling stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I, like the type of job I'm in is one where you deal with things when, like, when something goes wrong, you deal with it. Like, like yeah. that, that is literally um, how my job works. I fix broken things, and so unless there's a crisis, it's very, very hard for me to sort of <laughs> work towards it. And, and unfortunately, that, that like that's all of my worst instincts um, play to that as well. Uh, and so for years, I have been the, the sort of person who will have like four things on my plate and I will forget one. And three things will be done. I'll be like, oh, this is great. And then someone goes, oh, about that fourth thing. And I'm just like, oh, oh my yeah. God. And it, oh, it's, it, it has taken a lot of... Um, it's taken a lot of, of energy, actually, over the past oh, six or seven months to, to finally, finally get myself into uh, a system of planning my, 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 my weeks and months out ahead of me and, yep. and, and sticking with it. Because that's the other thing. It's, it, it's all very well and good to, to pick up a system to start with and, oh, I'm just going to do this and, th- and yep. this is fantastic. Like, I, I've got no idea how many different diaries and day planners and things like that I've probably bought over the last 20 yeah, years yeah. Yep. Um, that have mostly ended up you know, empty and discarded and whatnot. Yeah, yeah um, January 1, <laughs> I'm going to do well. January 2, <laughs> blank. Yeah. Uh, but no, I've, I've finally, finally got myself a, a system that, that's working and that I'm sticking with mostly. I, uh, I, m- I messed it up earlier this week by forgetting to you know, check in on Monday morning and... I had, a, I had a whole bu- bunch of things happening on Monday and again, something just sort of completely, something that was, that was in the system got, got completely missed because I just forgot to look there because I was so frantic about the other things that had come up at the last minute that weren't my fault. Yep. Uh, did, it, I, I'd like to say it's, it's old age, but my brain's never been good at that stuff. Just never. Mm. I'm, my, it, it's, it's kind of my worst waking nightmare to have someone call me and go um are you coming to this thing that you said you were coming to and i'm either sitting in a home in my jocks or yeah. at somewhere else 
too far away to be able to get to it in time. Uh, and I've luckily in that I've double booked myself and I haven't planned that and apologized to one of the thing that I'm not going to. Yeah, um, yep. I blame my parents for that because they've always drummed into me that, you know, you have to make sure that you RSVP accordingly and do all of that sort of stuff, which is an interesting experiment given that I now work with youth and young people <laughs> who their idea of telling you that they're coming is saying yes to the Facebook group invite. And you know that of the hundred that have said they're coming, you're only going to get 2%. Um, just because broadly speaking, there was something else that came up that was a better offer or whatever. Yep. Um, you know, it's, there's not the same level of commitment and, and I've had to learn to let that slide somewhat. Um, my youngest, uh, my daughter has her birthday this Sunday and she and uh, my lovely wife put out invitations to, I think it was six or eight friends at school because she's having a sleepover on Friday night as a part of that. Not everyone is sleeping over, but they're coming and that sort of thing. And it was like RSVP by Friday last week. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fine, except that half of the girls didn't RSVP. Oh, no. Like... <laughs> yeah. And then, and then there's no good upside to that, is there? Oh, because... Oh, well, the worst part of it... Um, sorry. Half of the girls hadn't RSVP'd by the date. Yep. So then the second guessing comes. Are they even coming? Are they waiting for a better offer? What's the deal yep. with this? Oh. And it, it's not even just that it's a party, because it's a sleepover. Like, it was... Hey, you know, here's... Um, you know, here's my mum's phone number. Get your mum to text or to call her, particularly if you've got special food requirements or all of that sort of stuff. Um, so it's just, yeah, oh, man. I mean, thankfully, what are we... We're recording... It's Tuesday. Yeah. So she's heard back from the ones that haven't hadn't RSVP'd. Oh, that's, I, I just that's know that... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But I just know that that was eating away at uh, oh, yeah. Michelle because she was just going, oh, man, why haven't these kids responded? But yep. what's... Has Lily upset them because she's being a pain in the bum? Or, you know, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Well, we're sort of now going through, uh, now that Rupert's at high school, mm. the realisation that um, organising something basically means he will text his friends <laughs> <laughs> and he will tell us how many are coming probably a few hours before they're due to arrive. Yeah, you've got time to go out and get more food. And if we're lucky, we might get a text from their parents going, is is this a thing? (laughs) Yes, yes, it's fine. (laughs) Are you really having this thing? (laughs) Because he said that he's going to be at your place for the next, like, 18 hours. Is that really how things are going? Yes, that's that's what's happening. Can I ask you a question, Dave? Of course you can. Um, In your... I'm after a professional answer and a personal answer. Do you use voicemail? Oh, well, my professional answer is yes, Mm -hmm. I do. Uh, And a big part of that is just so that I can go back uh, into... The, the the little notes for my uh, for my job and and say I left a voicemail for such and such customer On at this time. Such, yes. <laughs> so you know that it it's very much a just you know covering your your backside uh, exercise. So do you um, expect your customers to leave like on your professional phone? Oh, I hate it when they do. I, I you don't it. hate you don't like when they leave voicemails. No, no, I, like and. Uh, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, like, like they can send me a text. They can send me. Well, actually, they. Probably, no, it's, I'm my own worst enemy because yes. I, I've kind of taught them not to send me emails <laughs> as well. <laughs> because yes. 
they know. If they send me an email, if they send me an email, chances are I will either answer it within about five minutes, yes, or or this topic will just never be addressed again. <laughs> like, on the off chance that I actually. Uh, I'm using my laptop and and I have my email open and that's not a given yeah because of the style of work that I do but if that that, that happens um, there's a very good chance I will I will respond to that immediately but but if I come to it later or if it, if I see the email come up and I don't decide to deal with it right now because something else is is more important forget it yeah <laughs> like I might as well just delete anything that I, that I don't see and <laughs> respond to immediately because that's effectively what happens it just, just goes a, down the inbox put a rule on your inbox that if it hasn't been read after 20 minutes just put it in the bin yeah so because of that my, my customers have have, have learned that you know, if they don't get an instantaneous response to an email to me that it's better to ring me and if they don't get me on the phone it's better to um, leave a voicemail but I, I admit I am one of those sorts of people who will like if, I'll, I'll look at the missed calls on my phone before yes. I will check my voicemail mm. um, because there's a very high po- probability that I go oh that's such and such oh, well, I'll ring them back or that's such and such I don't care what they have to say mm. uh, <laughs> and so it is again not uncommon for me to finally get a, a voicemail from someone that I know that I have to check and have to listen to like six other voicemails beforehand of stuff that I haven't listened to spanning back a week or so because I've just gone, oh, that'll be about such and such. I need to listen to that. And I just, I, I keep doing it to myself, Mob. I do. It's, yep. <laughs> I'm horrible. But yeah, I, I don't like, yeah, I don't like leaving voicemails. I'm much happier just to leave a text most times. Yes. You know, yeah, I don't know. And it's not even that I don't like using the phone. I just, I just voicemail as a thing annoys me. Um, what annoys I, you about it? I don't know. It just like the, the retrieving it and dealing with it. it, it just the, but you know what, what? What I hate the most. I hate the most. Um, I, I don't like voice to text. I don't yes. like that. Like I, I, that's I think fair. that's <laughs> look. How do you think voice to text deals with Gork Roger? Yeah, I mean, not come well. On. About as well as it deals with Malkinton. <laughs> yeah, you get, you know my phone. So Dear like Steve it. molesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't like that either. Um, I, I don't mind ones that just go, "This person's phone is off." I'll st- we'll, we'll send them a text with your number. Yep. Great, you know that ticks all the boxes as far as I'm concerned. The one that I absolutely loathe though is when people uh, have. Nothing at all, like no voicemail, yep. no voice to text, oh, no yeah, no gosh. text notification. Just this person's not available. Call back later. It's just like you what? No, no. no. <laughs> I demand this person <laughs> receive notification that I have I have fulfilled my part of the social contract. Oh. I have called them, Preach, and brother. now they need to call mm. me. This is not like 1986. I didn't have to dial a rotary phone. Yeah, I'm not going to call back because, oh, well, they didn't pick up. No, that's oh. not the world we live in anymore. And I'm not prepared to accept it in any way, shape or form. Oh, I am nodding and ready to fall over like an elder at a Benny Hinn preaching concert. <laughs> Just, that's, it's spot on. It's 2017. Have some way for us to interact with you without speaking to you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's not a thing. So the reason that I ask, mm. Dave, is, is that I fear 
Uh, and again, this is coming out of my, my research and, and interaction with youth and young people. I fear that voicemail has gone the way of the fax machine. Oh, it has. Very, no very it. quickly. And it kind of happened, like, not overnight, but in the space of about two weeks, where <laughs> everybody just went, you know what? You don't have to, to leave a voicemail. Just text me. Just call, or you've got my email, or there are what like, if, if, you know, I think I've got a, I've got a friend whose voicemail message is, you can leave a message, I'm not probably going to check it, so how about you text me? Uh, yeah, I've heard plenty of those. It, it, it's, I, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but, but no one, no one really likes voicemail. But no it's the business really fascination it. with it now. Ever yes. since, oh. ever since uh, they introduced VoIP, uh, phone systems, and that meant that not only could you get you know a, an alert or be told that you've got a voicemail, but the voicemail could be delivered to your inbox. Oh, I hate that. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so that means oh, I'm away from. Oh, I've got a new message on my phone. Open the e- the email, and there's a voice message to listen to. It's like oh no, I don't need that. That's it. and then mail server admins freak out because people have got. <laughs> Mailboxes that are, you know, 60 gigabytes, because if they're like me, you keep every email that is even partially business related. So voicemails will be kept, absolutely, uh, Mm. so that I can refer back, look, here on this date, you said this to me on this voicemail, so I've got my chain, I've got my paper trail. It's the weirdest thing, but yeah, young people, no, don't, don't, they will just hang up. If they get that, they'll hang up. Half the time, they won't even call, they won't even text. It's just, no, I've done a thing and it's like do I call this is my problem do I call you back now <laughs> do I wait for you to call me again is this now a missed conversation opportunity that, that's in my life that I just have to let go and and not ponder what were we going to discuss it's the worst it, it, it is like we at work uh, have gone over to uh, a full on like software VoIP system yep. for all, all of our communications and, and of course you know mailboxes came with that as well yeah and I absolutely, I loathe it because you know, up until now, because I'm a remote worker, yes, everyone in the organisation knew that the only way to contact me by voice was my mobile. Like yep. th- that's it. You call Dave or you send him an email and he exactly. may not respond to the email. <laughs> Probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and actually, it, yeah, it goes double for not responding to email for stuff from my own co-workers. Like, yeah, yeah, a customer, you, 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 okay, co-workers. Might make an effort, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, but now, uh, you know, like, I'll come back uh, after, you know, being out doing some, some, some work, I'll flip my laptop up and there'll be these voicemails in my inbox. I'm just like, but you didn't even call me. Like, what? Mm. No. Like, ah. Oh. I would be making the best use of that, working out a way that I could create an audio file and upload it into the system so it delivered to somebody else as a voicemail. That was just random noises, fart sounds. <laughs> just send them a big long fart as a message. <laughs> just that would be it. That that would be how I would spend my downtime. Oh look, <laughs> I just. <sighs> What I started doing is I made up like a little text snippet that explained to people that I had to delete their voicemail um, because my ADSL connection is so slow that I couldn't <laughs> download it. Yep. <laughs> and so I just kept emailing that to people and deleting their voicemails. <laughs> and, nice. And thankfully now, like now, it's a rarity that you've I, just I, retrained I, them all. That's all it is. I, I'm just like. Like like rats with a pellet, <laughs> like with a little little yeah, buzzer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you press the button, you'll get food. 
that's it. Uh, it that's one of the hardest things about about work, really, isn't it? Like it's it is training those people around you to interact with you with you in a oh, way that yeah. you can cope with. Oh, one hundred percent. And and when you're apart from the IT in my situation, apart from the IT team, one of the most tech savvy people in the office. Uh, and everyone else is grossly speaking a Luddite. Um, and even then, the tech team, half of them, not even close to being caught up. It's like, oh, man. So now I just have to train 150 new people how to talk to me um, or how to get in touch with me. Like, one of the first things I did was worked out how to forward my desk phone to my mobile because I had to have a desk phone, apparently. Oh, Having a mobile wasn't enough. Um, so now if anyone calls me at work... Even if I'm sitting at work, it diverts to my mobile. <laughs> nice. I just pick it up and answer it. And, and I've had the IT guys who are the only ones that seem to notice when they ring me, if I'm not in the office, and it, it, even if I am, if it diverts to my mobile, they hang up almost instantly and send me an email, oh, I can see you're not in the office. Dude, my <laughs> phone was ringing. I was about to answer it and you hung up. What is going on? Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, the, the only thing that has saved me somewhat in a, in a voicemail context on my phone is the introduction of Apple's visual voicemail, um, which instead of you having to dial out to a mail server and hear the things, when someone leaves you a voicemail message, it just delivers it like kind of like an email, but into your voicemail section on your phone, and you can just go play, and I want to hear it, and it'll play the thing for you, and it stays in your thing there until you tell it to delete. Uh, and it's callback, so it will call back on the number that they rang you through on. It's great. But I also don't get that many voicemails because most people email me or text me. <laughs> and I see, I, yeah, I, I think that you, you've got the optimal situation there. Oh, absolutely. See, the, or you know, Facebook Messenger me, or Snapchat, or Instagram DM me, or Twitter DM me, or, yeah. Yeah, I know. See, I, I find that difficult too, like, like fi- figuring out different boundaries on different communication mediums. So, like, when should you send someone a message, just, you know, like you know, text or iMessage? When should it be that versus a Twitter DM versus mm. a, uh, an, you know, an, an Instagram DM? And, you know, do you have di- different relationships on these different platforms? And is something you say here okay or more or less personal than saying it over here? I think that's a bigger mm. challenge. I mean, just forget about voicemail, Mark. It's done. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's no more. Yeah, those two weeks have gone a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's a bigger challenge. And if you can tell me, like, what the etiquette is on where conversations should be initiated especially yeah. like, like like it's all very well to respond to something that someone's posted and whatnot yeah that, that's that's pretty obvious but it's the out of the blue the hey, I'd, I'd like to talk to this person yeah. uh, just about something and not necessarily about something you know that they've been talking about or or that we or, or a follow-up to a previous conversation i just i just want to say hello and it, mm. i've got no idea where to start that conversation steve and it, it, it fills me with dread well just dive in Dave. feet first <laughs> I'm in a weird position where I'm like hyper-connected and I have to deal with questions and queries from lots of people on lots of different platforms because young people, different things. Um, but it all comes to a head for me and this is where I start to get a little bit of tightness in the chest uh, in that I'm an archiver. As I spoke before, I like to keep paper trails of things or electronic paper trails of things. And, and so I very, very like almost never delete a text. Mm-hmm. They're always just there. They're just yep. there. Yep, yep. Um, 
which in and of itself, like phones these days, they don't care. It's just a message and it's there until you delete the thing. Uh, of course, I have accidentally deleted an entire thread conversation with someone and it nearly killed me. Isn't it? It's terrifying. Isn't it? Just, that is the most frightening, oh. frightening thing. And it's not like, because <laughs> there was anything important in it, just because I'd gotten rid of, rid of it. It was like, that's not what I wanted to do. I know. Oh, it just was a pain. The, the, like, the, 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 there's one exception to that. I, I do, I delete um, all the like two-factor authentication texts that yep. I get from yeah, yeah, Gmail. And, and, and not Bang. because of... Yeah, not because I'm worried that you know Ooh, someone's going. to... You know, like, no, that's fine. The code just clogging it. things up. But it is. It's just it's just messy and unnecessary. And if every time I do it though, I always have this like like little you know, got to hold my breath for half a second just to make sure oh, I delete the right, the right, right one. one. <laughs> I mean, I, and and this is the difficulty for me, right? In that I've got uh, I'm very much uh, living in an Apple world. Uh, in part by choice, but that's just how my life has also changed and generated. And I'm, I started out working on computers like PCs, Microsoft stuff, uh, and th- you know, threw through my news ho- my nose haughtily in the air whenever anybody came to me with a Mac, um, because real people use Microsoft, right? Because that was the that was the the world I lived in. Um, but as I've gotten to use uh, Mac stuff, and particularly with integration with iPhones and iPads. I have a PC at home, and the only reason I've kept it is because it's too expensive to transfer it over to an <laughs> iMac and yep. have the four um, uh, TV recording um, devices that I need plugged in to make it do what I want it to do. Um, but that's a whole other thing. I was going to say, yeah, let, let, let's be honest. You have a fairly specific use casage when it comes oh, to yeah. TV that, that, that not a lot of other people have. Oh, it stressed me out. When the free upgrade to Windows 10 was you know, running out, like you got the warning, hey, if you don't upgrade, you're not going to get it for free. Yep. And I went, okay, well, I need to upgrade to, oh, can I do it? Oh, no, no, means the TV tuner cards, what's going to happen? Did some research, did some more research, upgraded once, didn't seem to work, rolled back. Did some more research, upgraded again, seemed to get it going. Oh, okay, fine, great, well, everything's good now. Awesome. So I did that, and then along came the new feature pack upgrade, fix it, everything. Um, not a service pack, but was a service pack for Windows 10. And I installed that, and the TV tuner stopped working. I went, oh, oh son no. of a motherless goat. <laughs> I cannot afford. So I rolled back, and I sat on the other thing, and, and I, I gave it up for a joke because it took me nearly 24 hours to work out what was going on and why it didn't work and did work and stuff. And then I chose to, to I pay for something, something that I just went, oh, this is, I can get access to this. And in it was, oh, that's right, because on Windows 10, Windows Media Center doesn't exist. And that's what I do all of my recording and TV watching and stuff in because no other TV client on any platform allows me to watch it at two times with audio. <laughs> Ah, that's how you... I have always wondered how you get through so much stuff. <laughs> oh, look, and particularly for free-to-air stuff that I've recorded. Like, if I'm watching it streaming, you have to take it at, at normal speed. If you're watching it on a file yep, that you've yep. downloaded, normally I'll watch it at normal speed because it's just better and works that way. Yep. But for stuff that I've watched on TV and stuff that I want to chew through, like, I don't want to watch every nuanced bit of tonight's Married at First Sight. I'll wait until my I've finished recording, the program has gone through and cut all the ads out, I'll put it on, I'll put it on double speed and I just hear everything and it just goes through and flashes in front of my eyes and it's done. So it means a 45 minute program without ads cuts through in about 25 to 30 minutes. So, but hang on, is, is that got like pitch correction or do they just all sound like chipmunks? No, no with pitch correction, it's great. Oh, okay. oh, that's if you cool. go faster than two times, there's no audio. Right. But just that two time step means... <clears throat> Look, now I'm starting to feel bad in revealing all of my country secrets. <laughs> 
it's, it's okay. I'll, I'll keep oh, the no, because this next one, this one hurts. Okay. Some to most of the podcasts I listen to, <laughs> I do at one and a half times speed. You're a monster. It's just a consumption <laughs> thing. I just want to you hear it all. You're a monster. There are some oh. things occasionally that I go back and go, hang on, no, no, I need to hear that wow. again. Or I'll slow that down and hear that at, at normal speed. But yeah, no, so for example, when I listen to the dollop, um, <laughs> not only does the intro sound a bit funky and, you know, go, I've played it once accidentally at single <laughs> speed. And I went, this is a really slow, boring intro. Um, <laughs> but the other thing that des- then does your head in a little bit is you, particularly listening to comedy podcasts, go, man, these guys are on fire. They're so fast. Everything's so quick. <laughs> and then when you play it at normal speed, you go, no, they're just normal humans riffing and there's big gaps when they're pausing and thinking and doing stuff instead of this accelerated hyper life that is the one and a half times speed podcast. Um, You're a monster. I'm an animal. It's, I'm so disgusted at <laughs> myself. Well, see, I, I, I take the, um, the the middle ground there. Um, I, I use uh, Overcast as my podcast client. Yeah. And that's got a, a feature called Smart Speed. So what that does is... It basically goes through uh, and cuts out the gaps. So wow! And you can like you can adjust that on a on a show by show basis because obviously some, with some of them you know, like you need stuff there for dramatic effect, but usually you don't because like yeah, you yeah, said yeah. it's just people don't know what to say next, and so it uh, it it cuts that down and so it, it's not going one and a half speed obviously. But depending on the show and how well it's edited and stuff You'd like save that, some like minutes. You, or you do like you can, you know, you can sometimes save up to ten percent of the of a show time. So, but yeah, obviously not enough for someone like yourself who's just you know pouring content into every orifice. But for oh. for the 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 rest of us, it does the job pretty well. And look, and, and I understand that not everybody is down with that. And the first time I did it, I kind of went, "Oh, this is a bit." hard to handle this podcast going is a bit is going a bit quick but over time i've just gotten used to it all of them all of them i very rarely is there a podcast that i listen to at normal speed um i just feel so sad with myself now um but the, the, the cut and thrust being so the, this upgrade stuff and then i work stuff out and i you know went up to I, i'm in a mess if all of a sudden um the people who are supporting Windows Media Center on Windows 10, because it is a, um, a, a basically a, a legacy project of love. Um, you can't buy it. Microsoft have abandoned it. They call it abandonware. Because Microsoft used to sell it, now they don't sell it. It's just a thing. They don't support it on this. People are retrofitting it to work in oh, Windows wow. 10. As soon as it stops working, for whatever reason, I'm done. I'm done with, my, with PCs. I'm done with Microsoft at home. It will absolutely be. Well, I'll just have to go and fork out and get a uh, an iMac finally on my desktop, um, and buy the couple of dual tuner card things to plug into it as external devices. And hey, presto, here's a new thing. But I will absolutely long for the fact that I won't be able to, you know, one and a half double speed some TV that I watch like that. Uh, fair enough. And all I of this, all, all of this came out of out. Um, uh, deleting things. So we talked about deleting text messages yeah my problem is that i mean in in a normal human's life you have a phone maybe an ipad and a computer Mm. um because i've i've done the text integration into my laptops and those sorts of things Mm -hmm. i've got a personal like a my old macbook pro that i inherited from my job my last job i've got my new macbook pro i've got my ipad 
I've got my work iPhone and my personal iPhone. So, so if I get a text from someone, or like a two-factor authentication thing, and I want to delete it, there are five devices I have to delete it off. That's hilarious. Not just that, I can also imagine... It's the worst. I was going to start sending you texts first thing in the morning, just so I can imagine, like, 27 devices all going ding at once. Oh, no, but that's the other thing. So few of them are actually got their volume turned on. I don't think I've had the, my phone oh, no with its fun. ringer turned on in nearly three months. Really? I, I just don't need it. I, and because I'm also really critical of people whose phone goes off in a, in a meeting... Uh, like, I make a big mm. deal out of if someone's phone rings in a meeting or, a, 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 a you know, like a presentation or that sort of thing. Um, I remember, I think it was the first, I was in a meeting um, and somebody's phone rang and I was straight away, that's a carton. And a whole bunch of people went, what? If your phone rings in the meeting, that's a carton. That's the rules. <laughs> and this guy went, I think some of them went, Steve's lost it. And <laughs> some of them went, oh. Hey, yeah, we need to do that. Mm. No, it's like, the rules. It's, it's a good thing. Well, the the uh, hilarious thing is uh, when like I'm, I'm almost finished with Apex. Yeah. You know, now being a forty uh, year old, ancient you know, man. old buffer and ready to be knocked out. But when I first joined, so that's the mid nineties. Yes. So mobiles would. Uh, oh, no, they would. Large oh. carrying containers, yeah, like battery so, containers carrying a phone. So by the late 90s, they were fairly cheap and plentiful. You know, you had yes. like the little Ericsson flip ones and stuff Early like that. Early 90s like, they weren't, though. No, no, no. So, so because of that, uh, Apex had a thing for a long time where you know, if your phone rings, um, you've got to you know, chuck in you know, uh, something that folds into the fine box. Like normally, yeah. you know, like the, the fine session at an Apex meeting is you basically... Um, to take the piss out of each other and tell stories and whatnot, and sure. you know, ch- chuck in a few coins, and you know, th- that money will you know either go on the bar uh, at a an, an event or will be donated to something that you're working on or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was it was definitely a folding one for phones ringing. Whereas today, <laughs> all, all the young guys, they all have their phones out through the whole meeting because that's ha- oh, what yeah. they they have to have them to plan everything. It's, it's it's yes. a bit of a culture shock for me, Steve. I'm obviously definitely getting old. Well, it's not yet. just planning things, Dave. They're also Snapchatting a picture of their face <laughs> with them rolling their eyes at the old guy who's going, why have you got your phones out at a meeting? <laughs> um, and, and all of that stuff. Like, it's it's a... And I... But the, the, so you talk about that in your context with Apex. That's my job. Like, I'm the 43-year-old guy with his phone out at every meeting, doesn't turn up with a notepad and pen. I turn up with my phone. And that's my device take my note taking device, my calendar, my everything. And everybody else looks at me like, "What are you doing? I'm here for the meeting. What about this? That's the stuff that I need." Mind you, I did hear about our executive team having a, a day long retreat, and uh, the 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 boss uh, in Church World where I work, uh, that's the um, uh, general sec- secretary, uh, declared it a no phone meeting. Now. For most of the people attending that meeting, that wasn't a bad thing. In fact, they probably saw it as a real saving grace because it meant that no one could contact them. Um, But for at least two people going to that meeting, when I heard that this was a thing, you went, but that's where all my ideas are. (laughs) Like, what do you mean this is a no-phone meeting? How does that even work? It would be like cutting my arms off, both of them. I I read something the other day where someone was lamenting 
the fact that you know remembering getting on the internet and being so excited to have a whole hour on the internet and now we're at the point of going you know, if i'm not checking my twitter oh. feed while i'm having my breakfast i might just have a heart attack yeah, yeah that's right <laughs> The toilet time is is really important times to catch up on what's happening in social media. Um, yeah, oh, I, and I, I'm not sort of saying this is a judgmental thing about mm. other people because I am absolutely someone who has a little rectangular slab of glass glued to my hand almost all day. But I, I, I'm still, I still sometimes just wonder how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the worst thing is, I, I, I can remember at some point um, making the excuse that it was better being on my phone, say, at the table or something like that, because it's not like I've got a laptop in front of me which has got the screen in between us. Like, you know, now I'm, I can actually look across the table at you. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it's ultimately, not not the, a great excuse, really. <laughs> oh, you want to talk confronting self-denial? Um so part of my job is not just talking to young people and connecting with them in a technological sense, but also uh, encouraging their parents, providing them with strategies so they can develop their own tools to work with their young people um, so that they understand that the threat of, I will turn off the Wi-Fi, either isn't the threat they think it is, um, oh, how's that? That's a carton. <laughs> it is. I didn't even know I had a phone in this room. <laughs> So prescient. We were just talking about it. The phone rings. So good. That's all right. I, I'm, I'm happy to buy you a carton, Steve. Oh. You, you, you come here and collect it and I'll drink it. Yeah, with come you. and claim it. Yeah, no, I need to do that. Um, so the, the... What was I talking about? Oh, young people. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so parents. talking to young people and, and talking, about, talking to their parents about what's kosher and, and the fact that... Like, these days, David, it hit me as a part of my job that we have bring your own device programs, BYOD, BYOD programs that are infiltrating our schools at an increasing rate. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's a thing. Now, smart schools are also then including as a part of their curriculum for their students, a little bit of not just this is how you use it, but these are the things you need to take into account about being a good citizen of the internet. These are the ways that you interact with people. This is how you uh, write an email that isn't just, Dave, want to come to football practice and then send it. Or putting the entire message in the subject. Like all of that, <laughs> which anybody over the age of 50 does regularly. Um, <laughs> it's the worst ever. I cannot stand people to do that. And then my boss sent me one of them the other day and I just went, oh, get out of town. Just do I have to train you as well? Um, but so I've developed this presentation, which is explaining to parents... Um, I, I call it understanding your kids and their digital life, um, helping them understand their digital life, understanding that just because your experience isn't the same as their, their experience doesn't make their experience wrong. It just means that as parents, we need to understand what their experience is so that we can work hang, with them. Hang on. Can, can you, can you please, please put in this presentation to parents? Yes. Um, uh, just a, a dot point that you do not have to have a signature line in your text messages. Oh. You don't, you don't have to have your text messages automatically put from... Sent this from my iPhone. something else. Oh, <laughs> please. Please don't. <laughs> oh, oh. I don't know who showed my parents how to set that up on their <laughs> phones. 
And who cares? Who cares that you sent an email from your iPhone? It's no, no, no. 2017. No, no. no, Steve, this is worse. This isn't email. I know, email. this is text messages. This is text messages. I know. Like, there's a signature line on their text messages. Like, <laughs> so... Like, a text will come in from, from my dad, like, partway through a conversation, it'll be, good, new line, Frank Gorkrocher. It's like, <laughs> like, every text has his name at the bottom. Like, oh. I know who this is from! Now, I'm, I'm a little bit responsible in that regard, in that oh. I have gotten used to, because I text so many people that don't have my details, or, or that I only interact with occasionally, that at the bottom of the, the, the sorry, the bottom of the text message, I'll just go, so, uh, Dave, don't forget, uh, uh, we talked about that thing. Um, don't forget, it's on this Saturday. Hope to see you there. Mulk. Yes, but that's not every single No, it's bloody not every single message. Like, I, I like, <laughs> when, when two-thirds of a conversation with someone is just your own name at the bottom <laughs> of your text messages, <laughs> it's not effective communication anymore. No, it's not. That's, that's quite sad. Oh, um, but some of the stuff that uh, I... Uh, you go, mate, go. I, I, I like don't, need to work this out. I don't know if it's just a boomer thing or if it's just a my parents thing. And I, like, here's the thing. I don't even know how they found like the thing to set it up. Like, Are they <laughs> Samsung or Apple people? Uh, oh, much to my chagrin, they're both using these horrible big Samsung things. Uh, although, but that, that said, he, uh, Dad's he, he's wavering. He's uh, yes because he, he loves his iPad. Good. And uh, encourage uh, that, yeah. And, and I, I think maybe uh, uh, the the problem is every time he he, he so is with me or my sisters, is uh, because we're all iPhone people. It's like oh, I should really really get an iPhone. I'm like yeah, we should because that would make it much easier for us to share yeah. pictures with you and all sorts of stuff. It'd all be, the things be, be great. And then he goes when his contracts up into see some. A annoying nerd at the phone store who probably gets a kickback for selling a Galaxy and goes, mm. oh, no, you want to have one of these. And so he goes, they just go, oh, okay, then. It's like, oh, every time. Every, like, <sighs> boomers and technology. They're, they're worse than kids in technology. Oh, man. But the, the stuff that I'm laying out, and the, and the reason why I brought this up is because it's, it's a little bit challenging to me, right? And the challenge... Because the stuff that I'm I'm doing is... Is basically going. Hey, parents! Here's some things that you need to think about as far not and none of it is telling parents what they need to do. All of it is these are issues that you will need to work out with you and your other parent, the the other person that is responsible for caring for these young people. What your approach is, what your boundaries are on this, and then you go and apply it. I'm not saying you need to do anything about this. One of the questions is um, devices in bedrooms. Is that cool? Is it cool ever? Is it cool after 10 o'clock at night? You work that out. Science says these things. If they don't have their devices in places where they can't be taking their clothes off without you seeing them, they're unlikely to be taking their clothes off. Um, that, that kind of stuff. Uh, rules around, you know, the idea that some families go, we charge all of our devices uh, here. Like the, the, all of the devices sleep in one place. Uh, so consequently at you're going to bed fine the device goes over there and it starts charging and that's where it is in the morning doesn't go into the bedroom that's fine um, do we have devices do we allow devices at the table all of those kinds of things and the biggest question that I then throw to parents so once you've worked all that out and it's great that you've worked that out it's a pretty fair expectation that you should then be 
modeling that behavior for your young people. So if you've said no devices in the bedroom and they all, you know, charge them overnight in the one place out in public and then you guys toddle off to bed with your iPhone, they might not ask you about it tonight. They may not ask you about it tomorrow. But there's going to become a challenge and it will be a sticking point in an argument sometime when they go, why should I? You never do. And the answer is, the answer that I'm your parent isn't going to help resolve that conversation any quicker. Uh, we, we, we try to have, uh, we try to model good behaviour with mm. devices in this house and I, I, I'm utter failure at it. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude. Well, this is the thing. Like the, the, the tension for me, particularly because my last job was my bosses were overseas and mm. nine o'clock in the morning for them was about 1am for me. Uh, yep. The phone was next to my bed because I would be occasionally on call. If it rang, I had to get up and do something. If they really needed me in a hurry, they knew I was asleep. But if they really needed me, they knew they could call me and get me. All of that sort of stuff. So that habit formed. Now I'm in a position where I can absolutely leave my phone downstairs, except for the fact that it is my alarm. Um, and don't take the phone upstairs. Uh, because we, we've said we've started early with our, our, our kids. We've said there's no tech in the bedrooms. The only time, the only time that tech in your bedrooms is cool uh, is if you are recording uh, a video for an assignment, which you know my son has had to do for a Chinese ass- assessment piece already. He had to record uh, him speaking, you know, the video for his Chinese teacher so that they knew it was them saying it and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and it saves hours and hours of one-on-one or one to, like the one in front of the class doing their ni hao ma and blah, blah, blah. Um, or if, uh, like, my son has also used his iPad for sheet music or metronome or tuner for his guitar, and he's gone and sat upstairs in his bedroom to do that. Even then, I'm a little bit, mm, not so whatever, but it's been daylight hours when both of those things have happened, so that's okay. <laughs> You'd faint in our household. <laughs> Well, he is also... Well, no, no, no. But this is the thing. This is not This is not a judgment call on anybody else. That's the boundaries that we've set up for us. Oh, see, see we have a very small house. Yeah. <laughs> and so the idea that... the Like, so both the kids have got laptops. Um, they've had them for a while. And mm. at Christmas time, they, they got our old recycle phones. Great. Um, and so, yeah... The, the, the laptops were never going to live outside the bedrooms just because there's nowhere else in the house to set them up other than at their sure. own desks. And so it's just all gone downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> I hear that uh, loud and clear. And, but that, that is the practicality of it for a lot of people. That oh, it, there's it, no it, space or we something something. And, uh, you know, I, I always uh, make the argument that, uh, you know, th- this is the digital world that the kids are growing up with and the better way to educate them is, is to sort of have a a healthy relationship with, with tech and, and, yep. and like learn boundaries and stuff like this. And, and the reality is I think it's just much easier to take that stance than to try <laughs> and do like anything, do, you know, anything hard. But you know, what the, you know what the most important thing about that, Dave, is the conversation is being had between parent and child. That's the killer. It doesn't matter if you guys agree that this is okay or that's okay or this isn't or that isn't. The end result is that you guys are having an open conversation about technology and how you should use it and that is acres ahead of most parents because to get back to what I was originally saying, schools have these devices and they in, in teach their kids and blah, blah, blah. And if parents are lucky, they will have one night at the start of the year going, 
we're having a BYD program, this is what it means. And they may have one at the end of the year for the parents who are coming into the program to say, these are the options of things that you have to buy, this is how we use it, you need to go and do it. Nothing to the parents of saying, so if you're concerned about your parents accessing, your, your children accessing inappropriate material, these are things you can do. If you are concerned about their behavior, that it might be even bordering on obsession or that they're using it too much, how do you address that? No, no idea, no advice. Like no conversation with parents to say, we know that you don't necessarily get what is about to come into your home. Godspeed. Uh, yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's a long way from being able to, uh, you know, limit someone's internet time by turning the call waiting back on and just waiting for <laughs> to screw things up, isn't it? <laughs> oh, mate, back, I, back this, in my day. Yeah, back in the day. <laughs> Back in the day when you just got told to hang up the modem because someone needed to make a phone call. Oh, yeah. Um, we, we've, this is a, a, probably a sad indictment for my chillins. Because Dad is a super nerd, um, they have their own Wi-Fi SSID. Right. Um, that I very early worked out if I do this and I connect just their iPads to it, it's not going to reduce the iPad traffic or the, the wireless traffic in our home at all. But it means that if they really are in trouble... <laughs> because particularly on weekends, if they're not doing their jobs, yep, like yep. it's only been this year that my eldest son, or my son, has had to do any kind of assignment work in a serious sense on the weekend. Everything else has been during the week, and they know that they can only game and watch uh, YouTube's and YouTube's by the millions, uh, you know, on the weekend for some time. So if they really haven't done their job, done, haven't done their homework, blah 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 blah, we can pretty much cripple their YouTube experience by just turning off that SSID. <laughs> Every other device in the house still works. Mum and dad's stuff still works. Theirs doesn't. You are you are a monster, Steve. Oh, again, between that, <laughs> voicemails, uh, oh, double speed watching television. I'm the worst guy ever. You're not the man I thought you were. You Can really I put some are. icing on that cake? But, 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 but this, this, this is why I enjoy our time together, Steve, because, <laughs> you know, I, I, I wanted to learn about you and I'm just... I'm just so thankful that you feel you can trust me with, with showing me what a horrible person you are and, and knowing that I will accept you and, 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 and not judge you for your hideous behaviour. You may regret that now. Let me put some lick, spit and shine on this. So I, for a while now, have mm. been not a calendar addict, but it has been the thing that has kind of ruled my life. Mm. If it's not in the calendar, it doesn't exist. And I definitely wasn't supposed to be at it. Now, Facebook and its sort of invitations have caught me out a couple of times of late. So I've had to get into the, the, the um, uh, what do you call it, the routine of if a Facebook invitation comes to me, and that's increasingly becoming the way that people invite me to things. If I say that I'm going, I then have to go to my calendar and put it in my calendar. Otherwise, I entirely forget about it. Well, see, this was part of my problem. This, this is another thing that's contributed to my horror run of not getting stuff done properly. Is that my work? I didn't want to put any personal stuff in my work calendar. Mm -hmm. um, it was, and I didn't, and it was hard to transfer stuff out of my work calendar into my personal calendar. Yes, um, and I. Like stuff would you know fly in by texts or whatever or, or just a phone call and um, I was just bad at recording stuff on my phone and yep. then we have a separate you know, calendar in the kitchen that's got 
uh, it, you know, everyone's name on it with their own column for where they're going to be for every yep. different day of the month and lots of stuff. And so trying to combine all of these different things was absolutely a disaster zone. Um, and and then um, I, I can't remember who put me onto it. I think Rach found an article about yeah. bullet journals and she said, I think this is you. And, and um, mine is not one of those artistic, beautiful bullet journals. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, it was very utilitarian at best, but, yeah. it, but it actually works. And that, 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 that's, so I can understand you saying about being a, oh, if it's not here, it doesn't exist. That's me, except for Monday this week when I forgot to look in it and completely missed a dentist appointment. <laughs> because I was so busy looking at something else that had come in from work. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. So I, 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 I tried a paper calendar and same, that kind of thing. It just was, I have to remember to check it. That, that was always a problem for me. Like these people that carry around their filofax or their, you know, they, they buy their, um, this specific brand of, of paper hardcover diary or refill their thing so that they've, they've got their day planner and that sort of stuff. Nah, sorry guys. Great if that's for you. It definitely doesn't work for me. Electronic works because no matter what physical device I have, if I've got stuff in the calendar, all I have to do is set up so that that device is aware of my calendar and I get the alerts as I set them in my calendar when I set the things up. Now, that in itself is okay and, and not really that bad except that I then go through and color code each thing in my calendar so that at a glance, I have a rainbow in front of me when it comes to my work um, so that I know, right, so this is this and this is uh, for this thing. Because you know, I have to, I'm balancing between, you know, media commentary stuff, work stuff, family stuff, podcast stuff, personal stuff. Um, what's the other thing? Did I say work stuff yet? Work yeah, has to fit in there somewhere. Um, somehow. But even then, so I've got... And this is the, the other great choice. My work calendar lives in Microsoft land. So it's got its own set of car, colored categories and they all fit into that. Yep. And my personal calendar, which is really iOS based running off Gmail, yep. um, has its own set of colors and those sorts of things. And the, the worst thing is, guess what doesn't play together in 2017 very well? A Microsoft Exchange based calendar and a Gmail calendar. Like trying to get either one of them to be able to be read by the other without getting uh, IT involved is impossible. Like They don't play nice, do they? The worst. So, oh, But guess where it does work? On your iOS device. <laughs> yes. You just sign into the accounts and it just goes, oh, here's this calendar, here's that calendar, all of it at once. Yep. So that was fine, except that I said to work, how can I do this so that on my desktop or laptop, I can open up a web page and see both calendars merged. It cannot be that hard. Make it so. <laughs> I made it their problem. Yeah. Now, I, I did do that after doing some research because I wanted to work it out myself. And then I learned the only way to do that is to have your calendar published as a public folder that you, know, you can limit who subscribes to it. And blah, 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 blah. Yep. And that's what they had to go through and do. So I'm the only one that I know of in our organization that has his own personal calendar exported to a public <laughs> to folder. A Caldev server. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that I can then have it integrated into my Gmail calendar oh, so that on dear. my desktop I can at a glance... Now, I don't want to be able to change work stuff. I'll go to my work email client to do that. That's fine. But at a glance I can see if the thing I'm it. about to put in conflicts with some other thing. Because my wife, particularly this is what it became, for family stuff versus personal stuff, um, my wife needed to know where I was, particularly when I was overseas. So I would just put flight times in, uh, as in block out the time I'm flying from A to B. 
I'm at this site or I'm in this city, I'm doing that sort of thing so that she could kind of work out where I was beyond things like find my friends and stuff. Um, but also me allowing to work out this. And then of course the kids have appointments and they're going to be at things and they've got tennis training and all of those sorts of things. So between the two of us, it was like we have one calendar that everything goes in and she only uses iOS devices. So I just subscribe her, set her up so she can only see my work calendar and that all just appears on her calendar and she can see everything. Um, I suspect it's going to get even murkier for us because as my kids age, it will be, well, no, I don't want their work in my calendar, but we need to have a family calendar where we can trace everything so that I'll, dad will fill in his calendar, mum will fill in hers, son, daughter will fill in theirs respectively. And that then all merges together in one family calendar that I can turn off their stuff if I don't need to see it. Um, but then has my work stuff overlaid it so everybody knows that dad's not here, he's over there or doing something else. It's See, I, I, I have a, a different um, approach to that. I, I, what my, my thinking on this is uh, I, I'd like to, you know, I know modern parenting has you know come a long way, Steve. Yes. But but I think there was one thing that our our parents did uh, know that that perhaps we as modern parents haven't learnt yet, and that's the value of just ignoring your children. <laughs> Be home for dinner. Where's such and such? Weren't they here? No. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, uh, like you have a dentist appointment tomorrow at such and such a time. <laughs> hmm. You can walk there from school. I'll pick you up. Yes. Oh, what do you mean you forgot? Look, it's okay that Dad forgot his dentist appointment. He was really busy. That's you, right. You're being no irresponsible. Excuse. You're being irresponsible for missing it. <laughs> Conversely, though, our parents also had eight kids, or you know, they were one of eight or 12 kids. So it meant that if they were missed, it could take days for that to be worked out. There's a great story in my family. I, I apologize if I've told you this before. So my dad's one of eight, mm-hmm. uh, and his father was one of 11 um, of which in that 11, there were only two boys. So that meant that my dad had lots of aunts. Um, <laughs> yes. And they lived in a rural farming community, Gilgandra, in Midwest, Midwest New South Wales, uh, out on a property where my grandfather, my paternal grandfather, worked the land, wheat, sheep, all sorts of different things over different times. Uh, down the road lived a couple of aunties. They lived together. Uh, and that's the other thing. Of the aunties, I don't think any of them married. Wow. They all stayed spinster. So nine unmarried... It's crazy talk, right? Um, but what it did mean is that there was food everywhere at family reunions. <laughs> um, so they lived down, literally down the lane that the family farm was on in the original house that my paternal grandfather and grandmother raised the first four of their eight in or the first six of their eight in it was and it was literally a one-bedroom shack it was not much uh they moved down to the farmhouse to clearview that was fine family growing up all sorts of things the aunties moved in down the road and it suited them fine i think by that time it had had a couple extensions put on it but it still wasn't big um one day at church one of the aunties came up to my grandmother and said um so Graham's been so helpful, we really appreciate all he's been doing. Now, in the grand scheme of things, you've got eight kids. They tell you that one of the sons has been helpful to the aunties. You just go, that's awesome. Sounds like he's been up there helping you out. You know, wonderful. That's really great. And she was like, oh, I'm glad to hear that. That's that's excellent. Uh, She said, do you mind if we come down and get some more of his things? (laughs) And my grandmother went, what? 
yeah, he's been living with us for the past two weeks. <laughs> Grandmother hadn't noticed. <laughs> He'd moved in. He basically had got to the point in his teenage years, whatever he was at that point, he was just jack of being ignored. <laughs> and figured, the aunties always look after me. They've always got food. Not that there was yeah. never food at home, but yeah. they always had much nicer food because there's only ever two of them. <laughs> there's never a competition for food at the table. Yep, uh, yep. All I have to do is go down there, I cut some wood, um, you know, make do do some chores around the place for them. They're happy. I still catch the bus to school with my brothers and sisters. I still get to all the places I need to get to. And I'm basically a pampered schmooch. <laughs> That's gold. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. I, th- I think after that morning at church, he had a fairly stern talking to by his father. And he moved back home pretty quickly. But they always had a soft spot for Uncle Graham. Oh. <laughs> That's brilliant. So good, man. <laughs> like, we're talking, seriously, we're talking like 1950s, 60s. He was a teenager. Yeah. Um, and in Midwestern New South Wales, not a whole lot going on. The sexual no. revolution didn't no. kick in there until <laughs> mid to late 70s. Um, <laughs> just crazy talk. So, oh, Mate, for, for some of us growing up in country New South Wales, <laughs> it didn't kick in at all. <laughs> But that's that's a that's a amazing family story that has like grown into history, and I'm sure other people tell it with with a whole lot more embellishment. Um, but I, because I, having been to visit my grandparents at the family farm when they were certainly elderly, no longer working the farm, um, I remember. In fact, this is the other beautiful bit of irony. Uncle Graham, in that that I was talking about in that story, yeah, he yeah. actually bought the property that the old Jugger house was on, old Cle- Little Clearview, they called it. Um, and he set up his own farm just down the road. And on the property was the old house that he used to live in with the aunts. <laughs> That's great. Oh, it's just delightful. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, ugh. That's brilliant. That is brilliant. So, yeah, it's a different time, mate. You'd never get away with that. You could never just, like, move no. out unnoticed. No. Well... Well, hopefully... <laughs> Oh, that could get awkward. <laughs> yeah. It would never well, happen at right. this place. It would you, never you, happen here. You, you know, like you've got to find my friends and find my iPhone and stuff to track the kids down. Oh, man. I, <laughs> I had a conversation with um, with my son. He said, oh, I want to get an iPhone soon, Dad. I said, really? How are you going to pay for it? Oh, I've got savings. And he does. He Man, I wish I was getting 10 bucks a week at nearly 12 years old. <laughs> anyway, he does do some chores, but nothing that warrants it. Like, it's, it's crazy. I'm such a pushover. Um, he said, well, I've got my... Okay, good. Yes, well, that will allow you to buy the phone. How will you pay for everything? Like, pay for your calls, pay for your data. Oh, this is exactly the conversation that we've been having with uh, with Callie. Because Rupert, we, we pay for data for him, mm. so... Because you know, so we can, because he, he's going to school by himself, and we sure. want to be able to send him messages. Go, he, go here, go do this, whatever. Uh, but Callie is still being taken to and from school, uh, sorry, to school with with her mum, yep. and comes home on the bus. Yeah. Uh, and so we've made the point. Look, you have absolutely no need to have a cell plan. Yeah. So, uh, and she, you know, our, our kids get a bit of pocket money as well. And when we pointed out to her that she would have to spend effectively every dollar she gets in pocket money yeah. just to have prepaid calls, uh, she lost interest pretty quickly. Yeah, well, this this was the conversation. So I was like, well, you can get a phone, great. Who's going to pay for all your data and your phone contract? He went, you guys. No, buddy. <laughs> no, now he's not even 12 yet. And he gets taken to work, uh, taken to work, taken to school. <laughs> 
by his say, mum with his you sister. You your kids down a salt mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you, you listen to podcasts at 1.5, yeah, you work your kids. That's what happens. <laughs> Earn your living, kids. Seriously, you can be a canary in a cage. Um, so he goes, because mum works at the school they're at. So three days a week, mum doesn't go home. Um, well, she works at the junior campus and he's now at the senior campus, of course, but, you know, contextually. So goes to school with mum, comes home with mum, doesn't really go anywhere that mum or dad isn't. Yep. Uh, not yet, anyway. I know it will come and that, that will start to be a thing, so we'll have to consider it there. Has an iPad, so when he's at work, ca- again, <laughs> wow, that's Freudian. When he's at school, he can iMessage me or mum. Like, he can message us just happily. It gets to us because he's on the Wi-Fi, all of those things. When he's not, he's usually with us and is bleating at me to turn on the hotspot so that he can access Pokemon Go or whatever, because we made sure you don't need a cellular one. Just get a Wi-Fi iPad. Um, so I said, well, you know, if, if we go down this path and, you know, when you do get a phone, it'll probably be about the time that you get a job. So, you know, that you'll be able to contact us if you need to and, and those sorts of things. Uh, and that will be how you have to fund your your phone access, either data or, or those sorts of things. And I said, and at the moment, mate, there's these kinds of costs around it, blah, blah, blah. And, and given that you can't really get a job until you're, mm, look, conservatively 14, probably 15 to 16, that's a long time before you get any of that stuff. And he just kind of looked at me and went, but I want one now. <laughs> uh, the, the, one, the one thing I have actually learned, Dave, is that data access to data and Wi-Fi and those sorts of things is absolutely a commodity for anybody that is still at school slash under the age of 18 slash not working. Oh, absolutely. Well, the uh, we, uh, like I said, we, we gave out the old phones yeah. and um, got a prepaid plan for Rupert when he started high school. And uh, one of his mates, uh, we were in, um, like, prenatal class with his parents and oh, great. Uh, and we're all in the same mum's group and like yeah. it's you know, so uh, and, and they were born within two days of each other so yeah plenty of history <laughs> we've uh, uh, yeah, known each other the whole time well he, he's at a, a, a different school and uh, his mum rang us up uh, a few weeks into the term and going has Rupert got a phone? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, Toby really wants one and he hasn't got one. I'm like, oh, okay, well, fine. She goes, and he's come home and said he is the only kid in year oh, seven who doesn't have yes. one. Because that's the best exaggeration from any kid ever, isn't it? I'm the only one. Well, here's the thing. We, we said, oh, okay, well... She said, ask Rupert if all the kids in his class have yeah. got, got them. And, and so I did, you know, like, not... Yeah, alluding what had happened with Toby's mum. And I was like, oh, Rupert, how many of the kids in your class have got phones? He goes, there are two kids who don't have one. Oh, <laughs> and wow. He, he said, and, and they are always telling us about how soon they're going to have one. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like that's And that's the thing. Like I, I'm glad that in 2017, telcos have finally caught up that to like they're aware enough to know that families will need to get phones for their you know underage children yep. um and that they will need to be reasonably tightly controlled that as far as their usage and those sorts of things no you know bill shock and the rest of it they will need access to data but limited or in a way that they can top it up themselves through their own means of course that opens up a whole other box of dice doesn't it um and that even down to the point where you can limit 
what numbers they can call sometimes either on services or on phones um, which if they're particularly younger is important if as they get older there's trust elements in that as well but same end you want to have it so that it's controlled somewhat or, or they're sharing data with mum or dad or they're um, they only have x amount of call credit because there's no way in there no way in the world i would want to give my 12 year old son a phone with the ability to just rack up data usage or make phone calls. That said, he probably wouldn't use the phone part. It's only going to be the data. He would chew through that. Well, the, uh, the 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 big threat in our household uh, was that if either of the kids, you know, you know, weren't up to scratch with you know, whatever, you know, usually behaviour related yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. brought on by the, the lax parenting of uh, me, uh, that. They weren't going to get an iPhone. They were going to get one of those like thirty dollar handsets nice. from yep. Officeworks. Yeah, <laughs> like I actually took, actually took them down to Officeworks and showed them. It. Look at this, and he's just like, "Can that run any apps?" It's like, "No, nah. no, it can't." You can <laughs> phone and you can text, and that's it. And, and it says that it's a smartphone, but it, like it just doesn't like it's the, the version of Android on it is just so old it just won't run anything. Yeah, and it, it just absolutely horrified Rupert. The thought it's just like I can't have that. See, I would get them one of those the the the, the retro thirty three tens that Nokia have just re released, um, just to say, yeah, like this is how much we trust you. Make some calls, <laughs> text us, play Snake be done with yeah, it but then, you know, then you can't be in iMessage groups and snapchat no I know it's all oh. of the things that's exactly the. that is exactly <laughs> the problem this is where we start to have Rod for our own back stuff mm. because as soon as that exists and that's a thing then yeah absolutely I, I talk about it um, in the Understanding Kids presentation that socialisation for our young people has changed so dramatically to even when I was at school that's not to say that I'm the world's youngest man, but, you know. <laughs> Steve, come on. <laughs> but, like, 20 years Steve, ago... There was, when you were at school, like, there were BBSs. Chisels. There were chisels. <laughs> um, and they weren't like, just used in woodwork. Not many of us were hanging out on a BBS. No, that's true. <laughs> Harvard graphics was a thing. Um, oh. But the... the, the, the so, so, well, it, it, any parent pretty much at this point relates to this. Socialisation was... We talk at morning tea... You get busted talking in class. Talk at lunch. Whatever happens in the, in that time, you analyse it and dissect it and talk about it with your friends, and then you go home. And unless you intentionally call one of them, that is rattling around in your head. You're processing it. You're thinking about it. You might talk to a parent or a sibling uh, about that thing. You may even call one of the people and, and nut it through a little bit yourselves in that sort of thing, and then hear in the background, get off the phone! Um, but then you go to sleep. You wake up the next morning, you come to school, you and everyone... Boy. Sorry? You, you, you forgot, you watch Astro Boy. In oh, between, sorry. you wake up and you go to school. Or at the goodies, and if you're lucky, Doctor Who. Um, they one after school. I'm talking in the morning. Astro, oh, the Boy. Mo- Astro Boy, definitely. Yeah. Watch the Agro's Cartoon Connection. Um, oh, but go no, to mate, school. Mate, not out in Inver, mate. Not on nine and eight. <laughs> Some Kimber the White Lion. Um, yeah, we've got the ABC stuff. Everybody picks up that conversation where it left off yesterday afternoon. So, and everybody has something new or they've thought about it differently or some haven't even thought about it at all, don't care. That's how much they thought about it. But, you know, that, that the, the issue either becomes a non-event or it's continually processed and everyone kind of works on it in your little group. Now, the minute that you walk out that schoolyard gate and if you're on a bus or in a car, you're on the phone. You're at home, you're on your phone. 
into whatever time at night you're allowed to have access to your phone. Wake up in the morning, you're checking your messages, you're on your phone. So you get back to school. If you're not in that group, that, that communication group, whatever it is, everyone else has moved on except for you. Everyone else is further down the path and you're either playing catch up or ostracized because you weren't in the, the solution resolution of it. You don't stay in that group for too long. So what you're telling me is you're planning to socially isolate your children. Absolutely. I'm not judging. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> oh, as soon as I get the NBN, they're not going to get any access to it. It's all <laughs> mine. Mine, mine, mine. Oh, dear. Oh, it's, it, 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 it's too frightening to think about, Steve. But <laughs> I think most of the decisions that, are, that we have made around this sort of stuff is yeah. what, what's like not horribly frightening at this exact moment mm-hmm. and we'll just deal with the repercussions as they come yep oh boy oh wait until you have to start having conversations about cyberbullying, about sexting um, about you know either it's profit up or there's rumours throughout the town slash playground that someone sent a naked picture of themselves to their boyfriend and boyfriend has shared it with everyone and you have to go, so, Rupert, did you get this email? Did you get this text? See, we've already kind of had those uh, those sorts of conversations just mm. because, like, like the kids have had laptops with web- webcams in their rooms yeah, yeah, for yeah. three years now. Yeah. So we kind of had those conversations then. And so they already know that everything you put on the internet is there forever. And Yep you have no control over who gets to see it so i think that's already like that that, that's already an understanding that they had even before we got to phone so i'm hoping we don't have to have that conversation too many times again and and i see i guess the The tough part is dad that particularly when it comes to sexting though stuff that people put on the internet is forever that's totally legit but if she's not my girlfriend and her boyfriend sent that picture to me yeah, yeah. yeah that, well, this is where we start to get into some really murky territory because it, it is. But I guess uh, acting on that or how my, we respond to that becomes really critical. Yeah, and my hope in that one is that most of the the, the stuff that is going to come into play there, mm. stare at it for long enough so that it goes <laughs> into the bank and then delete it, has got nothing to do with actually conversations around uh, like technology. Yeah, it's actually about it's, conversa- it's conversations about respect, yeah, and, yeah. And, and stuff like that. And and my God, I hope that at some point when these issues arise, my kids are going to make good choices, and I'm going to be able to go, yes, yeah, I, I delivered the message well, and they, and they took it on board, and and isn't this a fantastic outcome? Yep. Um, I mean, we we'll wait and see what actually happens in the meantime. But as parents, that's all we can lean on, though, because it's not like. The technology thing makes it a little bit more in the house or a little more confronting. However, we're looking at them to make smart decisions around not getting in cars with drunk drivers, around the way that they treat women when it's just their mates and girls around and how that all functions. Um, Or one of their mates is mistreating his girlfriend or whatever. Like We're building those behaviours, those value choices into them anyhow. It's just another layer of that. And we still just have to trust them. I think that's the most frightening thing you've said all night, Stephen. <laughs> I know. I have to trust two young people who I'm responsible for half of their genetic material 
and a lot of their upbringing. Oh, leave those That's last a... two bits off, mate. You you have to trust two young people who you are responsible for. Oh, That's God. the killer. Because in all of this, like, you know, I don't, I don't want to hypothetically wish anything on anybody, but you look back in the day when the worst thing, air quotes, that, that parents had to deal with was son coming home or daughter coming home and saying, mum and dad, I've knocked my girlfriend up. Um... You know, or girlfriend, hi, mum and dad, my boyfriend's knocked me up. What are we going to do? Um, these days, that's less of a problem. It's still it's still certainly a thing that, that needs to be dealt with and worked through and all of those sorts of things. But it's not the shock or the shame that was 20-something years ago, more. Um, the differential is someone gets outed as a cyberbully or a victim of cyberbullying or somebody commits suicide because of it or... Um, you know, girl has to front back up at school after the naked picture of her that she sent to her boyfriend that she thought that was safe has gotten around the entire school. Um, it's just a whole different layer of shame in some of this stuff. And you're right, the internet is forever. It's super hard to get rid of that. Ugh. You know, this is supposed to be a happy chat. <laughs> This is where my head's at, Dave, because guess what I'm talking about in three oh, different times this weekend? I, I have a hunch. <laughs> Just. And I want to do it in a way that isn't, like, fear-based or, or drawing on the things that the media try and manipulate parents into acting on because they're afraid. It's just, here's the facts, ma'am, right? Here's the stuff. You make your value decisions on this information because guess what? This is the information and you probably didn't even know 90% of this. Get thee to a nunnery. <laughs> you work from home, Dave. The, the BBC video of that gentleman being uh, Skype interviewed. Oh, yes. <laughs> did that just warm the cockles of yours like it did mine? Absolutely. <laughs> like, that was... I, look, again, my job isn't the sort of one where I'm uh, spending time on a webcam, but I have yeah, been yeah. in so many conference calls yep. <laughs> where I've been like... Having to mute mute it mid sentence oh, and just yeah. like hit panic stations to try to deal with a screaming kid or something else like that. I need to have like the rest of the conference call go, Dave, Dave, uh, I think you've dropped out. Are you, are you there? <laughs> and, and, and try to use like the ten seconds of their confusion to come up with a solution. Yeah, <laughs> so, just a bit jittery. <laughs> just, yeah. On on one particular time when the kids were really young. And I can't even remember what happened, but one of them just started absolutely screeching. And I oh. literally hit the button on my laptop to turn the Wi-Fi off to just kill the connection <laughs> altogether. Because it's just like, you know what, there's no way to come back from this. <laughs> there are so many elements about that that interview. That, that I mean, I know it's gone viral and 70 billion people have seen it and all the rest of it. But there's so much about it that I love. From the guy trying to maintain... <laughs> some small element of professionalism when yep. the BBC guy even kind of reveals to him um, <laughs> it appears that one of your children has walked in and the guy not even like flickering his gaze from the camera just reaches out feels her yep. and shoves her backwards like get <laughs> perfect, out of the hand. perfect and, and daughter who has marched in with so much bravado in my life is the best thing ever yep. has walked and taken the, put, the shove from dad like oh well whatever oh a book I'll read that <laughs> Now, when I saw this, and then I saw the younger one in the walker come start in, to come, come through the, the door, I went, Mum is in the toilet. 
There is no way this would happen without mum being in the toilet. And it was a delight to see Ninja Mum just come out so of good. nowhere. And you have to watch it carefully, right? People think, oh, it's the nanny. No, no, it's the mum. There's no question. But in her coming in, right, mum's wearing a top and jeans. And guess what color underpants mum's wearing? Pink. How do we know? Because those jeans aren't pulled up properly. They are. That, that is the revelation that she thought they were outside the toilet and they're now not. Where have the... Oh, I can hear them. And she has braced in, try, like, trying to get them out so carefully. And at one point, she's on the floor just dragging the toddler. Like, the to- toddler has laid down. It's so good. Got them out, shut the door. The guy's all embarrassed. The BBC guy's just laughing. You know, Look, it's fine. Well, let's keep talking. The, it's like, we're not paying you for this interview anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is a Skype connection. That's right. This is and the this lowest going, cost content we could possibly get. This was my big moment, right? This is how I launched myself as an international commentator on this. Uh, but in, a, in this happening, the door's shut. Finally, mum's ninja in with her robot extendo arm, yep. grabbed the door and shut it. Because, of course, when she's dragged around in the first instance, <laughs> she's busted in so quick, hit the door, that as she's gone for the toddler, the door is slowly swung shut behind her. So when she's gone to go out in the first instance, door shut. She has to let go of a child to open the door. <laughs> oh, it's so chaotic. It's the best. But once they're out, the door shut, and you think the meeting, can, the, the, the conversation can go on. If you watch the next sort of 15, 20, 30 seconds, all you hear in the background is this screaming. I want to go back in with dad. Like that whole, oh, it's so good. It's so good. It is brilliant. Hey, but here's the thing. I, I like I watched that a bunch of times and, and got a lot of joy out of it mm. and then went off and actually did something productive for a change. And then when I came back, there was this massive, as you say, the, the, a big controversy over the fact that there are a whole bunch of people going, Oh, she's obviously the nanny. No. Steve, maybe I'm not wired right. Yeah. But why did why did anyone anywhere jump to the conclusion that that the the woman grabbing the kids was a nanny? I think I, they went I, to I nanny because she's it. Asian. That's my only guess. But this is a man who lives in Korea. I know. It's it's not necessarily a big leap to think he may have a Korean wife. I know. And look at the kids. Did the kids look like they had some Asian blood in them? Yes. Why would it be a nanny? Gosh. The other the other controversy was, of course, was the way he treated toddler when she first arrived. Oh, that he didn't even look back and just gave her a push. Man, if it was me, she's lucky she was still standing. Like, it would have been a big thud. And the aftermath. Now, of course, the best way to play all of this would have been, even though it was a live interview, just say, excuse me, (laughs) turn around, pick them up, wife would have appeared, here's the kids, it's okay, darling, out we go, shut the door, come back. Because guess what is happening in the studio? The director can cut back to the main guy, who will either pad, be laughing, or fill accordingly, and he comes back and he's settled and we just get on with it. What we did get in the end, however, was, I hope, the best video of 2017. It was just oh, like, so good. It, I, I, I don't know. I don't even remember the guy's name now. No, nah, some for, dude. He will forever be the BBC dude with the kids. Yeah, oh, 100%. With Ninja Mum. Yeah, 100%. It's just... oh, like, And, and, and I love... Uh, this is what I love and hate about the internet. I love that so quickly... There were animated GIFs of bits of that. 
particularly, <laughs> like, not even just of that, but zoomed in on the part where a toddler initially walks in in the yellow because <laughs> her arms are just all there up in the, oh, I'm happy about being in the room and I'm away from mum and I've just, like, oh, so good. Of course, the, the thing that I hate about the internet, particularly these days in a, a currency of sharing, uh, like we have to have share things and viral this and all the rest of it. Like, fair enough, the BBC goes, here's a thing. Or someone is recording, here's the BBC. <laughs> right, fine. Guess what? That's the BBC's. It is not anybody else's to take, rebrand, and republish on their newspaper website, their viral thread Facebook group, or whatever the hell else that you run, and claim it to be yours. Or not even claim it, just put it up there and have people share it. Like, oh, look at this funny video. Like, it just is, is this multi-threaded hydra of now trying to work out how many things of actually people have seen this thing. Because, you know, the, the viral whores over here and the something else over there and the Guardian have got a copy of it and News Limit have got a copy of it and everybody's watermarking it with their own thing. And that I find to be entirely disingenuous for media organizations that are crying about copyright and piracy. Oh, it's... Ugh. It's it's almost like you know whole other conversations. What I just yes, started. I was going to say yeah. It's almost like newspapers who scream about free speech being very very upset at oh. people expressing free speech about current events. Oh, but um, yeah, with contrary <laughs> opinions to what theirs are. Mm. But uh, but now's not the time for that. <laughs> oh God, I need to be a Dave. Uh, all right. Hey, how, before you go, how's your yeah. boxing going? I had to miss it last week because I had a, a meeting that I could not get out of. It was one that I needed to be out to present. However, I'm back on board tomorrow night. Yep. Uh, I'll be out there punching the pads. Um, have, they got, have they got you skipping? Oh, they tried. i I got to lose a lot of weight before that even works. Um, not that I can't do it. I can kind of get a bit of a move on. But more to the point that, and this is going to get a little bit graphic, um, the apron of fat on the front of my body... Um, works counterintuitively to me doing little hops. You know, so as soon as I do a little yeah, no, hop, no, no. it I, moves I independently, it. and by the time I've landed, it's gone up, and by the time I'm trying to jump again, it's down again. What, you, so, what, what, what you're saying is you, you skipping is like a, a, a Simpsons slow-mo of Homer. Oh, Homer jiggling, yeah, yeah. It's mesmerizing. <laughs> Got I it. just can't stop watching it. <laughs> that was a great episode, by the way, the Simpsons X-Files crossover. Oh, so good. Yeah. All right. Well, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're sticking with it. Yeah, yeah, no, I have to. And it's necessary. And, and the plan is that once this 10 weeks runs out, I'll sign up straight away for the next 10 weeks. Uh, and by that time, I will have my life hopefully in a lot more order so that I can be out doing other exercise three to four times a week on top of. No. Nice. Because I have to be. No, I, I, I share that sentiment. I know exactly what you God isn't being like middle-aged horrible. That's oh, the worst. <laughs> like it's 2017. Where's the tablet I can take, or where's the procedure I can have where I just turn up? You suck all of the fat out of the front of me, and we're done. It just doesn't seem to work that way. Does Why it? is that not a thing? Like, if we can suck stuff out of people's butts and put it in their faces, <laughs> why can't we take 40 kilos off the front of me in like a couple of doctor's visits? Mm, what yeah. really, legitimately, really is the problem with that? You know what I think? What it really is? What? Because they don't want to encourage people to just be fat. No, no, no. It's more than that. I think it, it's the fact that modern medicine, a lot of it, is still just a science project. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, Let's do this and see what happens. Oh, there you go. And you know, a lot of it we get repeatable, you know, mm. stuff. And 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 we have a, a we have a, a very very good idea about lots of things. Yes. And then we have 
a scattergun approach to others where we've just got, you know, this seems to work sometimes and this seems to work sometimes and they've got nothing in common. And, like, I think I think diet and weight seems to be one of those areas where, you know, one person needs to go on a diet with nothing but, you know, fat and, and you know, and some protein, whereas someone else needs to have, you know, and no carbs. And then someone else has got something completely different at the Only other end carbs. of the scale. And, yeah. Ugh, but the like, more you hear yeah, from researchers all, and stuff, the more that... They hear, you know, and, and, you know, people, these people that go through big weight loss efforts and lose lots of weight slowly or otherwise, when they're done, basically their body goes, even six months later, after you've sort of struggled through that, all right, did, I'm plateaued and I'm comfortable, your body's then going, no, 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 we've got to put on a whole bunch of weight now. Yeah, did, did you read that, that yeah. study that they did on the biggest loser people from the States? It's crazy. Yeah, it's... All of right. this is more evidence for me to say, why should I bother? Just <laughs> suck that crap out of me. <laughs> No, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, boy. All right. We need a whiteboard, Dave. We need to be writing up topics for next time because we just opened about eight cans of worm in the last eight minutes. Oh, you have. Well, well I, here's the thing. I actually had something I was going to ask you about tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we just never got... I st- I've got two things I really, oh. really want to know that I, I, I'm really curious about and, and we just didn't get even remotely close. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, we've been talking for 90 minutes plus now. <laughs> well, that... it's a look. It's okay because there's obviously there was a lot on your mind, oh. and, I, and 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 look. I'm glad it's I don't just think us. You've improved. I would hate anyone else to be listening to this. I don't think you've improved like the the quality of dealing with technology related uh, <laughs> instances in this household. But I will say that I'm probably atypical, and I have no doubt that you're going to knock it out of the park oh. when you're talking to other people this well, weekend. I get to report back, don't I? This is now that this is the problem with being accountable and having a conversation with someone. Is now this is on your list of things to ask me next time, and either I'll have repressed it so deeply because it went so poorly. Or I'll be, Dave, we need to talk really soon because I need to tell you how good it was. Well, that's a, well no, that's a, either way, we'll sort it out. And it, oh. it, it, it's on, Look, it, it's now on the list with, with, with these other two. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what the other things were because I don't want you to prepare. I know what you're like. You're good. Oh, yeah, that's right. Such a preparer. Yeah. All right, Steve. Thanks, I'll catch Dave. you later. I love you. Love you, man.